Hi, you're listening to Girl Talk on Impact Podcast. Today I'm joined by Alex and Cora and we're going to be talking all things marriage. But firstly, I wanted to talk about, obviously, earlier this week it was International Women's Day and it is Women's History Month. Um, So I just wanted to know from both of you, can you tell me about a woman in your life um, who has inspired you? So Alex, we'll start with you. Yeah, of course. I think my mind immediately goes to my great grandma. Um, uh, We all affectionately called her nanny in the family. Uh, She was born in 1921, I believe. Cool. Um, She is no longer with us, unfortunately. She passed away in 2014, but this year would have been her 101st birthday. So um, would be to nanny, but (laughs) she was one of 13 children. Um, Of course, she had my grandma during the blitz yeah she got bombed out of her house three times um but despite everything that she went through and you know growing up in a country that was literally torn up by war and and then everything that proceeded after it she still remained one of the most positive and friendly people that i've ever met in my life one Mm. of the strongest women as well because um, even though she was well into her 90s, she was still driving every uh, other Sunday. She would uh, make Sunday lunch for us all. Uh, she was just a great woman. And I really wish that she could still be here uh, today. But if I had to pick someone to be like a truly inspirational woman, um, that would that would be her. Amazing. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, what about you, Cora? I'd have to say my mum and my oldest sister. Because uh, growing up, my family went through a lot of abuse and they both experienced the most of it in, at the hands of like physical and sexual abuse. Mm. And even after that, they continued to, well, in a way, they didn't really care about themselves. They were always going for looking after me and my other sister and my brother. They were always thinking about how they can look after other people, regardless of the fact they were the ones who were taking the brunt of the abuse. Mm. And unfortunately, once we were out of that situation, it's had a massive impact on their mental and physical health. But both of them still are extremely strong and fighting back to try and just have a normal life now. And in a way, that's really inspired me to kind of, whenever I hit obstacles and challenges in my life, I'm like, I can overcome this if uh, my mom and my sister can spend years suffering whilst still making sure that me and my siblings had a normal childhood as much as they could, then I can get over like an exam. I've, yeah. And um, yeah, it just really has, um, seeing them kind of overcome all the challenges and obstacles in their life, it has motivated me to just keep reaching for as high as I can and to do everything I can to make them proud. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Cora. So I think for me, um, I think it's difficult. I think, you know, when people ask you for inspirational women in your life, like, you know, so many come to mind, like from like friends to, you know, my my mum or my sister or, or things like that. But I think it's hard to choose. I mean, my mum's always been so inspirational to me. Um, she was always, you know, she was always the breadwinner of our house, um, which has always been great. It's also kind of quite uncommon, I guess, of that generation, you know, um, She's a breadwinner. She's incredibly intelligent. She's one of the smartest women I've ever met in my life. Um, and she's always she always taught me and my sister that 
you know, like kind of knowledge is so important and education is so important, but also being like independent and knowing almost your worth is also so important. But I guess on top of that, recently, well, about about two years ago, she passed away, but my grandpa's cousin, we called her Cousin Joan, she, um, she lived in York and back, she was never married, anything like that, but you know, when she was younger, so she was born in the 20s, when she was younger, she actually flew alone to Tanzania. Um, and she... That's amazing. Yeah, and she learned um, Swahili. And she, when she came back to the, the this country, she um, she wrote the first book on learning Swahili. And she became a University of York professor. And when she died, she um, gave half of kind of the money that she had left to York University to create a, um, I think it's a scholarship, just for people to study African language. So she was so inspirational to me because to do that back then is just fantastic. And also to, you know, she was so passionate about language and languages that aren't very highly studied. But yeah, so that would be mine, my mum or her. Astounding, wow. Yeah, I know. It is really quite impressive. But yeah, so thank you guys so much for sharing your inspirational women. I think that's what, you know, International Women's Day is all about and uh, Women's History Month, obviously celebrating women in our life that inspire us and have motivated us in some way but also making sure that you know women's stories are heard and you know from the range of our stories you know they go from like women's strength to you know women's ability to do things that are unheard of or whatever so I think I'm very happy that International Women's Day is obviously still celebrated and thanks for taking part in that. So You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's important that we remember these women and what they did. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. But today we're going to be talking about marriage and so obviously marriage is a bit of a blanket, you know, topic. You say marriage and people think a lot of different things. But obviously for feminists and for women, marriage has always been kind of a hugely debatable subject. Um, especially in terms of what does it mean to be a feminist and want to be married? Is it is it backwards a feminist and want to be married? Is it, you know, whatever. Um, and so I guess in terms of, you know, obviously I've got you two here um, and I wanted to ask firstly, before we get into any like questions or any kind of mini debates about it, what, what are your guys' opinion about marriage? Do you want to be married? Um, Cora, should we start with you? Yeah, so um, this is like something that I've thought about and I go back and forth about quite a lot but usually I kind of stick with yeah I do want to get married I don't really um kind of look at the pros and cons of it I just kind of see it more as like it's a celebration of love and also it gives me excuse to have some days off work <laughs> fair yeah what about you Alex That's a very fair point <laughs> yeah um yeah no I I definitely want to get married I have um I've been with my partner for seven years, um, but I, I'm, I guess I would label myself, I'm not really fond of labels, but if I were to, I'd say I'm a lesbian. So I've been with my girlfriend for seven years, and so marriage is definitely something that we have both agreed on that we want to do in the future, which puts me at like this, this awkward point where the general conventions around, you know, oh, marriage being like a partnership between a man and a woman they don't really apply because yeah. you know it's two girls so I know that I would I would never have a marriage in the conventional sense but it's still that symbol and the ceremony that we want to go through with 
Um, mainly because, you know, pretty dresses, nice cake and fancy rings. It's all, <laughs> all of those essential items, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I think I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I guess, hesitant about marriage. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I actually almost don't have an opinion on me being married personally. I think I don't really care to be married. Um, it doesn't bother me if I died not married. Um, I think it would bother me more, you know. I think I'd I'd rather, you know, have children than be married. I think for other people it's, you know, the other way around. Obviously the conventional route is marriage, kids, all of that. So, but that doesn't, it doesn't really bother me to be married. I think if my partner wanted to get married, I would, I would be like, okay. But I, I think, you know, and I was, I was saying this to Alex before um, we started recording, like, I, I think the only reason I want to be married is because I want the party. And I want it to be about me. But, you know, I think, you know, you can accomplish that at, like, a big birthday. Um, I think, though, like, with a wedding, though, that party seems so different to any other type of party. Like, yeah. you have an excuse to just buy a massive dress if you want a dress. Or yeah. a really cool mm-hmm. um, suit. And then you can just get a giant cake, like Alex was saying. And it just, oh, it's not cake. the same type of party. <laughs> I love cake, too. <laughs> It's not the same type of party as if you're going to do like a birthday party or Christmas or the like. No, exactly. And also, you know, weddings, anything is excusable at a wedding. That's my opinion. You know, if you <laughs> if you want to get absolutely battered, you can. As as the bride or as a groom or, you know, whatever, you can. It doesn't matter. You know, and I think that is different. And also, um, you know, everyone always says weddings are always so happy. Like it's rare and it's very unfortunate if it's not, but it's rare that, you know, people are like miserable at a wedding. And if they are, you really shouldn't have invited them. But <laughs> I think, I don't know, I think in terms of the actual like ceremony and the and the party, you know, I lean to more, towards more. Yeah, I think it's just, I guess it's actually like, you know, the legal part of a marriage. I guess if I could have a fake marriage, that'd be great. Like everyone else thinks I'm married, but I'm not. Um, I think for me, the thing that I guess puts me off marriage it's it's actually not a feminist thing that I stand for it at all it's it's more just me being like I just can't really be bothered um yeah, I don't like the idea true. of getting divorced I think you know I'm very lucky my parents are still together um but I think you know as divorce rates go up I don't I don't know what what, what do you guys think in terms of like the legal kind of bind in marriage do you think that is there any part of that legal bind that I guess puts you off or do you think it's more just you know ceremonial it doesn't actually mean anything uh if if I may cut in just a quick uh, yeah, yeah I think that there is something about it that can be very unappealing to people you yeah. have this sense of freedom when you are not married and you're just you know cohabiting living together um and then when things become official it's like oh god I'm in it for life now but I don't personally think that should be a reason for people to be so scared because it's more like you've made your choice to be with this person because you love them and that's the only thing that matters. Like, yeah. Yes, you can get divorced, it can be a bit messy, but the most important thing is at, at that time of your marriage, you love them unconditionally Yeah. and that's what you need to focus on moving forward. Uh, that probably didn't make much sense. No, no, it did. That's it how made, I tried to rationalise it. What about you, Cora? Yeah, I have to agree with Alex here. Um, 
I'm not too concerned about the legal part of it. I think that's because I see it as if you finally make the decision to get married, then you're saying you want to commit to that person for the rest of your life. Yeah. And having it legally bound, that's kind of helping you along in that term. And I kind of see it as if you're choosing this person, you're saying, this is my person for life. And they're saying, this, yeah, like, you're theirs. And mm. if you are put off by the legal side of it, maybe that's a point where you need to reflect on the relationship in the first place and be like, what yeah. scares me about committing to this person like that? Oh. Or maybe it's a case of you're just rushing into it too quickly. So I particularly like a lot of my friends or family members have rushed into marriage so quickly that they have not yet um, came into those awkward moments in relationships like the first time you live together or like the first few big arguments. They haven't yet came across those and worked out how to resolve those issues. Sure. So I think for me personally, marriage is something I want later in my life when I'm like, yes, this is who I want to be with. Mm. And I say that as someone in a four year relationship already. Yeah. And I don't really want to see marriage in the next like couple of years. It's more, I want to get my life on track. I want to make sure that this person is my person. And then I'll think about marriage, all the costs around it, and then the fact that we're then bound legally for the rest of our lives or until if, well, I'd hate it, but if divorce came off the card. Yeah, of course, definitely. I think also from your point, you know, people often forget, you know, people that are absolutely against marriage, which I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm completely toyed down the middle. I don't, I don't, it's not a massive want for me, but also I'm not completely put off it. But I think one thing that people forget is marriage is not what it was. 300 years ago it's you don't have to be conventionally married you know just because it's conventional for a father to walk you down the aisle for you to take a your husband's last name um you don't have to do any of that and you don't have to you know how like so many more people now get married wearing black rather than white or just just having something completely different you know i think also there is a huge part you know there's a group of people that get married just the two like two of them on a beach or something so I think that's often a thing that I think people forget, you know. But I guess alongside that, what do you think, maybe less so in terms of you guys, your relationships, but more so in just terms of people who do identify on that you know, feminist side, what do you think about taking someone's name? Because that's where I think I have a complete, I'm not doing that. But obviously I think also it's important as you know, people that like champion women, to make sure that well, women can do what they want, you know? If you don't want to take your husband's name, your partner's name, you don't have to, but I think, you know, there are a lot of women that do want to do that. But what do you what do you all think? I think it, because it, it can go both ways. I know that the traditional method is that the woman takes the man's name. Yeah. But my my aunt and uncle, they kept their last names. And I know women who've take, um, who haven't taken their husband's name, but the husband has taken their last name. Yeah. I think that it, particularly nowadays with all this, this freedom and the relaxed attitudes towards it, which I, I think it's great because it gives people so many more avenues um, to, I suppose it, it's a very niche subject, but if they want to move away from their past, if they have something about their name they don't like, they have the options. They can keep their name, they can change it, they can double barrel it it's for a feminist you don't have to be 
roped into one or the other. Completely. It's something that needs conversation. I mean, I know with my partner, I think we're keeping our last names um, if and when we get married um, because that just seems to suit us better. We can double barrel it on, you know, invitations and whatnot. But yeah. as as we stand in, in a relatively feminist perspectives, um, we just keep our names and go about our lives, but joined as a couple. Completely. Yeah, what about you, Cora? Uh, this is actually something I'm very torn about because um, I know I either want to get rid of my last name and take my partner's or double barrel it. Yeah. The issue of double barreling it is that my first name's already double barreled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that would be an issue. <laughs> yeah, it would just be a chaotic name. And the joke's about them like double barreling the middle name too. So like going big or going high. <laughs> Not three double barrels. <laughs> yeah. Like we generally joke about this and it's gotten to the point where we've been like, oh it, um, my middle name's June. So yeah. my full name is Coraline June Moynihan. Yeah. And I said to my um, partner I was like oh I'll just call myself Coraline June July Moynihan home <laughs> that'd be a great name <laughs> um keep an eye out in the media guys you can see that in the future um, but I, I generally don't have any um fondness of my surname it's from um due to the like abuse issues I mentioned at the start but then the little feminist in me from when I was like 11 is there like why do I have to take the boyfriend's name or like the husband's name and I do kind of question it sometimes like it's very much the taking the name of your partner was obviously traditionally it was to show that you were their property yeah but mm -hmm. I think nowadays that sentiment's changed a lot so it's no longer to signify a woman as a man's property or to signify ownership over people. I think it's more just a case of it's your decision and there's a lot more autonomy regarding it. And again, it's just kind of demonstrating that you love this person. Yeah. You both love each other. It's just one me method in which you could be closest to each other. Definitely. I think so. Talking about like fondness to, to a last name. So I'm the last one of my last name. Um, my sister is older than me. I don't know. I think she'll double barrel her name, but I, I'm technically the last one. So I think in terms of that, you know, when I die, the line dies with me. If my sister does choose to take her partner's last name or if, you know, I choose to take someone's last name. I think that is a different thing of, oh, I'm, you know, I think it's a lot that society asks of women to take their partner's last names in the sense of, you know, so many more people don't now. And I personally don't think I would. I think I would just keep mine and my partner can have their last name. Um, I think, and you know, when it comes to children, you can double barrow it then. But I think in terms of, you know, it's a, it's a lot to ask. You know, you've lived what? Most women get married at the age of 25. You've lived 25 years being a Smith or whatever. And then just... <laughs> That's my girlfriend's last name. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and then just suddenly overnight you're a Jones. That's weird. Like, I think in the sense of, you know, it is a lot to ask. It's a lot to give up, not give up an identity, because your identity is much more than your last name. But I understand. To trade it. Yeah, to trade it. I understand women that are completely set on, I'm not doing that. I'm not changing my last name. And I think, you know, 
it is you know we are modern feminists i think you know if you want to do it you want to do it and if you don't you don't same with marriage same with everything but i think it is interesting you know that and obviously it is because you know marriage had, did stem in ownership like, like you guys said but and i think you know for a lot of people they can't move past the ownership side or they don't want to move past the ownership side because you know it is all about changing that narrative of what marriage actually means and i think that has been changing like you know all three of us are slightly different on what we want what we want to do um none of us see it as oh i'm getting married and then my partner owns me it's a bit bit backwards yeah exactly so so i think (laughs) yeah exactly so i think you know i think it really just depends on on i guess your, your preference but do you think and this i'm this is not like a leading question it's just a general final question opening you know conversation if someone said to you maybe maybe not to you personally but if someone said to be married as a feminist as a woman to a man is unfeminist what what would you what would you say to that what would your response be i'd say it's completely untrue yeah (laughs) go on it's not about being a feminist it's about being in love and if you get married because you are in love you're not betraying who you are as a feminist you're just doing like the, the two can coexist it seems unfair to make people choose one or the other they can and should live um you know, together. Of course. Yeah. Cora? Uh, pretty much everything Alex said. I see it as um, it's no way anti-feminist to get married. A lot of feminist movement is about kind of making women equal. Yeah. And to just scrap marriage as a whole, I feel like that's just getting rid of the challenges because we aren't willing to actually make any changes within marriage in general. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to start changing our ideas towards marriage as more less being an archaic ownership idea and being scared to get married as a result of that traditional ideology. And instead, move it to being marriage is an equal agreement. And um, both partners want to do that, they celebrate their love, and they don't see it as any way one is better than the other. Yeah, completely. No, I completely agree with both of you. I also think it's, I think if someone said that to me, I would think, and I think this is a problem in feminism, a little bit, where to choose the other option is deemed unfeminist, when actually, isn't choice really all we want? You know, as as women, like, you know, not all we want, obviously, there's a lot more we need and want. But I think, I think it's a lot, you know, when people, people that are anti-sex work, for example, this is not related to marriage, it's just an example, but people that are, you know, staunch feminist but anti-sex work you know I think you can have there's so many nuances to that and I think you know that's a completely other completely different podcast but I think you know to say you can't do that because it feeds into something else I think disallows women that choice to if if it's an educated choice it's a choice it's a good choice do you know what I mean like you know if you're if you're a feminist and you know the history of marriage and you know where it stems from and all that stuff and you've kind of like how you guys said changed that narrative of what marriage means it doesn't mean you're anti-feminist if you get married and I think for someone to call a feminist anti-feminist or whatever to be because anti-feminist is very strong as well um yeah. and I think you know to call a feminist anti-feminist for that it is 
backwards. Because if a woman knows, you know, her choices and makes a decision, you know, that's kind of what what we should be allowed to do, you know? Absolutely. But I think, you know... If you want to get married, great. If you don't, also great. Exactly. And I think that is a perfect point to end our podcast. So thanks for that quote, Alex. (laughs) 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 Um, So thank you guys so much for coming on. And um, thank you very much for listening and join us next time. 